sweet mother of mercy. Welcome to the Harland Highway, everybody. Uh, great to have you here. I am Harland Williams, the voice uh, behind this podcast, the Harland Highway. Um, and what a what a what a what a uh, perky pig! Uh, what, 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 what what a show I have for you today. Um, we're going to be talking about an amazing car accident that I was involved in, uh, kind of in a roundabout way, but a major car accident. Like, wait till you hear about what went down. Freaky and crazy and wild. Um, we're also going to be talking about new cars, uh, cars of the future, cars of the future that maybe we will never, ever see which pisses me off. And then we're going to be talking about uh, insects, insects that can kill you, insects that can attack you, insects that scare you. And we might even dabble into the sexuality of insects and how it could possibly relate to our own human sexuality. Hmm. Thought-provoking or just retarded? You decide. That's what you got to do right here. On the Harland Highway! Welcome to the Harland Highway. All right, let's get this sucker going, huh? You're causing a major disturbance on my time. It's the Harland Highway. What's up, brah? If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? <gasps> I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. This is your fucking wake-up call, man. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. In 30 seconds, you'll be dead. And I'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes. Okay, so you're motoring down the Harland Highway, and you probably got a pretty good car, or maybe you don't. But every year, they have these auto shows, the big end-of-the-year auto show. And they unveil the concept cars, the new cars of the future, with a whole bunch of hoopla and brouhaha and models and bikinis. And these cars come rolling out, and they're incredible. They're, like, futuristic, they're sleek, they're stylish. I mean, they've got... They look unique. They look just cool. And they're brilliant. They're brilliant cars. And they roll them out, and they're like, Oh, coming up in just a year or two, this is the car of the future. Well, I'm sorry. I've been keeping my eye on this auto show for, like, the last 15 years, and not one of the cool cars that they roll out ever shows up in the marketplace. Oh, there's another Dodge Neon. Ooh, ooh look at there goes a Topaz. Oh, ooh, look. Oh, the Mustang has a new uh, hood scoop on the hood. Oh, ooh, ooh. I mean, come on, man. Stop teasing us with these great cars. Put them out on the road. Let us buy them. Cars have not changed all that much in the last, like, I don't know, what, 15 years? They're kind of cooler. They're a little bit sleeker. But they're not that extreme look that you see at the car shows. They're still kind of the same. Every car is kind of the same, unless you buy, like, a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or something. 
Remember back in the 50s and the 40s and the 60s? Every car looked different. It had fins and curves and big fenders and crazy grills and lights. And they had style, man. Today's cars are all cut from the same cheesy cheesecloth. Let's go, Detroit. Let's go wherever else you make cars. Give us the goodies, man. We want to roll down the Harlan Highway in style, playa. What's up? Hello. There, I said it. So just sit back, wait another 35 years, and maybe you'll get one. Okay, and speaking of cars, good Lord, wait, wait till you hear this story in particular. Oh, just freaky, man. So check it out. Uh, a few weeks ago, I'm down in Florida doing a little road trip with a buddy of mine, my buddy Sean, right? And we're kind of motoring down some of the back roads of Florida. We're up in the northern part of Florida, and we're on this one uh, strip of highway. It's a highway not well-traveled or used a lot, but it's a nice highway. It's a divided highway. There's two lanes heading south on one side, and then there's a, uh, a, a kind of a median in the middle that's grass and sand, and this thing's probably about uh, 20 feet wide. And then on the other side, there's two lanes heading north, okay? And all around are trees, pine trees and swamp, and it's like it's like cutting right through a forest. There's no housing around. There's no uh, buildings. There's no gas stations. It's, it's kind of a very uh, empty stretch of road as far as, like, uh, signs of, of, of civilization, okay? So we're motoring down this road, and there's no one else, okay? We're the only ones on our side heading south, and there's no one on the other side heading north. And we're booting along, and all of a sudden, uh, we start to go up a little tiny hill, like a very graded hill, like uh, on an angle of like 15%, okay? So it's not a big hill, like, whoa, whoa, like a roller coaster. It's like a small, flat hill. Well, that doesn't make sense, a flat hill, but it, you, you know what I mean. It's a, it's a low-grade hill, and we're kind of approaching it, and then from the other side, a car comes oh, crests over the hill and starts driving down. And again, not a, not a big hill. Um, and uh, so we're driving, and I see this car, and it's like a silver car. It's like a, like a, a regular car, nothing fancy, you know, four-door, I don't know, like a neon or something. Who knows what it was? A Toyota, something, you know. And uh, all of a sudden, this car starts, like, swerving on the road. And I'm like, oh, whoa. I go to my buddy. I go, Sean, look at that, man. That guy just swerved. So we're watching this guy, and he's still heading towards us on the other side. And then his swerving gets more dramatic. And we're like, whoa, what the hell's he doing? The guy's swerving all over the road. All of a sudden, he swerves onto the shoulder. And we're like, holy crap. And we're, he still hasn't passed us yet. He's coming towards us. All of a sudden, he hits the shoulder. His car flips over. Seven, I'm talking five to seven flips in the air. This thing goes airborne, high into the air, 30, 40 feet into the sky. At least five flips, but I think we counted seven. 
because everything happens in slow motion when you see a car accident, right? This thing goes flying through the air, spinning through the air, boom! Lands on the shoulder on its roof. Me and my buddy are like, holy crap, and while it's flying through the air, my buddy Sean is like, holy crap, look out, it's coming right at us. But I can tell from the trajectory of the thing, it wasn't, he thought it was going to fly across the road and, and slam right into us, which could have been possible. But it was clearly like continuing its momentum heading north right down the, the middle of the road, and it ended up landing on its roof uh, on the shoulder. And right away I'm thinking, holy Christ, we're the only ones here. We're about to go and retrieve a dead body. I can't believe this. And Sean's like, oh, my God, let's go. Let's go back. I go, I'm going, I'm going. And I said, first thing I got to do is call 911. He goes, no, we got to get back. I said, Sean, sometimes the difference between life and death can mean seconds, okay? Seconds. And we are not trained professionals. I, I, do have my, uh, I do have my Red Cross emergency certificate, so I know a little bit what to do, but I ain't no, I ain't no paramedic. So I pull over to the side, I dial 911 as quickly as I can, and as I'm dialing, I, I drive the car across the grass median in the middle of the road. And I'm like, I hope this car makes it over this stuff. We made it across, we get back, we must have circled back and got to the guy within, uh, within like 45 seconds to 50 seconds. And as we're pulling up, I'm hanging up with the police, and I'm, I'm like, they're like, where are you, sir? Where are you? I said, I don't know. I'm on a road. I'm in Florida. I don't know what it is. It's just south of this city, and it's between here and there. And Well, what's the road, sir? I don't know. So we, we pull over, and I hang up with the police, and... Uh, and uh, as we're pulling up to the car, I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to pull a dead body out of this car or there's going to be a couple of dead bodies on the road. We didn't know how many people were in this car that did seven flips 40 feet in the air. God. So as we're approaching the car, we see some guy walking down the side of the road. And we're like, wait a minute, where'd that guy come from? Who? Who's that guy? It's like an East Indian guy. He's got a collared shirt. He's probably about 35, 40 years old. And he's walking down the side of the road, totally fine, away from the uh, car that's sitting on its roof. And we're like, wait a minute. Is that the dude from the car? Is that the, the driver of the car? What? We pull up. There's no one in the car. It's that guy. And we're like, hey, dude. And he circles back. He goes, hello, how are you? And we're like, how are we? How the hell are you, man? Are, are you okay? Oh, yes, I'm good. I'm fine. This guy didn't have a scrape on him. He had one little dot over his eyebrow that was a scrape. It was not blood. There was no profuse bleeding. I hardly want to call it a laceration. It was like a scrape. And you could see like you could see blood on the scrape. It was, it was, it was probably the size of the uh, of a dime. Smaller than a dime. 
and it was as if uh, you know he scraped his head against a wall or something. There was there was no blood even dripping. It was one it was one of those scrapes. You know what I mean? So it wasn't deep. It wasn't. Uh, it didn't cause any damage. And I go, dude, are you all right? And he's like, oh yes, I'm good. And I'm like, holy God. And then all of a sudden some other lady pulled over and I said, what street is this? And I called the cops and told them what road we were on. And we were like freaking out because, you know, first of all, we thought we were going to be pulling out a stiffy, a dead guy and his family or something. And here's this guy up walking around. His clothes aren't ruffled. His shirt was still tucked in. No word of a lie. Uh, no blood, no scrapes, and the guy's just like normal. There's his car upside down. And what I did is I pulled out my, uh, my iPhone and I recorded it. I talked to the guy. I asked him if he was okay, if he was in shock. And here he is. Take a listen to the audio, uh, live on location at a fresh car flip seven times in the air. And whoever this guy is, he's acting like uh, he just tripped and fell on the sidewalk. Here it is. You are blessed. I don't know how. You have one little scratch right on yeah, your I forehead. Right there. Your lip. Yeah, just because. Your car flipped like eight times in the air. Right. And you're not even in shock. You're like just fine. And she called me. Come on down this way, alleyway. And I just. That's great. Well, we called the police. Someone should be here soon. All right. So now I'm pulling car parts off the road. Let's move this off the road. Talking to other people. So you talked to the cops too, right? Yeah. Okay. Other people arrived on the scene finally, and I guess, uh, you know, a couple other people called the cops. And did you hear how calm the guy is? He's just like, yeah, whatever. He pulled his lip down and showed me how to, you ever bite your lip? Or, or uh, you know, eat something hot and it burns your lip. The guy pulled his lip. I go, are you okay? He goes, oh, look, I've got my lip. He pulls his lip down and there's like a little baby cut like he bit his lip. But you hear how calm the guy is? He's just like, yeah, whatever. I'm, in, I'm not in shock, you know. Your car flipped like eight times in the air. Right. And you're not even in shock. You're like just fine. I mean, is that the type of reaction you'd have if you flipped a car seven times and walked out? And you're just like, right. You know? Like, talk about calm as a cucumber. Talk about calm as a, a Bollywood cucumber, man. This Indian guy, man, it's like nothing phased him. It's like, hey, uh, hey, hey, buddy, there's a mushroom cloud on the horizon. I think a nuclear bomb went off. Right. And there's a swarm of a radioactive 500-pound uh, hornets coming to eat your brains. Right. All right, you're you're kind of a fucking nut job, aren't you, dude? Right. <laughs> so here's the thing. So now I got to do a little bit of detective work, right? Because you know me, I'm a, I'm a thinker. My mind's always gone. I'm always trying to put the pieces together, man. And I noticed the guy, while he was walking, had a cell phone in his hand. And how many times have I talked to you cats on this podcast about people using their cell phones and driving and texting and all that crap? 
So here's a guy with a cell phone in his hand, okay? He's clutching onto that thing like, uh, you know, he just pulled his child out of the wreckage. And then notice in his answer, when I asked him if he's okay, he immediately starts talking about somebody calling him. And it sounds like he's got blame in his voice. Like, it's like, yes, she called me. She called me, and I didn't know. I didn't want her to call me. It's her fault. I didn't want to talk on the phone. She made me flip my car. I was so busy talking. Listen to the little snippet of him, like, going on about the the, the phone call. And she called me. Come on down this way, alleyway. And I just... Right? little suspicious. Why why in the middle of a a, a seven-roll car flip... The first thing you do, you get you're getting a little defensive about some uh, some chicky giving you a phone call, and then you've got the phone in your hand, and you've just flipped seven or eight times. Something's up, right? Listen, listen to this guy. He sounds like uh, he was in the middle of a call, or he was texting, and he got distracted, and he flipped his his frigging car. And she called me, come on down this way, alleyway, and I just... Right, little shady. And remember, there was nothing around. It was a sunny day, not a cloud in the sky, no obstructions on the road, no no wet spots, no ice. It was Florida. No animals ran across it. We saw the whole thing. I was watching this guy as he came over the hill, driving totally normal on an empty two-lane road, tons of room. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he just starts swerving. And my guess is he was looking down at his phone texting. And he started to drift a little bit. And when he looked up, his brain went, oh, I'm starting to drift a little bit. And so he panicked and overcompensated and grabbed the wheel and spun it back too much. And and then it went too much the other way, and then he grabbed it and spun it the other. And before you know it, he's fishtailing. He's up in the air 40 feet doing like a Kathy Rigby perfect landing off the pommel horse. That's my guess. So, something was connected to the phone because he seemed more emotionally involved with this telephone and the telephone call than he did with the with the uh, fact that he just defied death. I mean, how do you walk away from that? And then and the, the last part I'll kind of break down and decipher here is as soon as I told him uh, I, I had called the cops, he got real quiet. And then I got a little suspicious. I mean, this guy... This guy was kind of a, you know, he had like the 1970s haircut. He had a gold chain around his neck. If I'm saying he, he maybe seemed to look a little shady, maybe. I don't know. How do I know what this guy's life was all about? But he looked like a little bit of a shady guy. So here it is one more time. He's, uh. Here's the guy, he's uh, he, he's uh, talking about the phone call, and then I mention the cops, and he just goes silent. And she called me, come on down this way, alleyway, and I just... That's great. Well, we called the police, someone should be here soon. Silence. At this point, he just kind of tuned out, he's looking around, probably in his head going, okay, how do I explain this to the cops? Oh, 
So, uh, dude, you are you are one lucky guy. You're lucky to be alive. Right. And then here's where the story gets kind of interesting, too. It was just kind of bizarre, you know, set of events. But, you know, I have to believe that this guy had his seatbelt on. Because if he didn't, I'm sure he would have flown out the window or he would have been cut up or he would have got smashed around. So I'm just going to guess and say he had his seatbelt on. And here's where it gets weird. My buddy Sean, who I'm driving with, Sean is a guy who never wears his seatbelt, okay? When we got in the car, he did it up behind his back just so we could stop the ding, 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 right? And here's why, okay? Sean went through a very similar thing. He was in a car that did exactly the same thing. It flipped through the air. The guy he was driving with lost control. The car flipped five or six times in the air. Sean wasn't wearing his seatbelt, and he flew out of the car. As it was in midair, he flew out the passenger side window or through the front window. I forget what he said. I think he might have been the front window. He said he felt like he was just sucked out. It felt like an angel or something had, like, just ripped him out of the car, and he flew, like, you know, 50, 60 feet down the highway. Okay? And like this guy, Sean landed without a scratch. He, he woke up. Uh, no, he didn't wake up. He told me he, he, uh, he stood up. He was fine. He didn't have one broken bone. He didn't have any bruises. It was like a miracle. And uh, he said after people arrived, he, uh, he talked to them for a bit, and then I guess he went into shock and he passed out. And he woke up in a hospital. Still, no bruises, no broken bones, nothing. Okay? A violent car crash rolling through the air. Gets sucked out of the window. Bounces down the road. I guess he landed on in some uh, in, in, on the median where there was grass. And, uh, and so he, he never wore his seatbelt. And he said when they looked at the car, the minivan they were in, after the fact... His side was completely crushed down to nothing. The driver lived. The driver was not hurt. The driver was wearing a seatbelt, but his side of the minivan was perfectly fine. But my buddy Sean's side, he said, was crunched right down into the seat. So if he had had his seatbelt on, he would have been dead. So he vows never to wear a seatbelt again. Because, you know, really, by not wearing a seatbelt, it saved his life. And so it's this weird argument. It's it's like, wow, you, you, how, how do you tell a guy who survived a, a major car crash to wear a seatbelt when if he had, he would have been dead? So interesting argument for the seatbelt. I mean, I, I, I like to wear it. I think it's smarter to wear it. But he kind of got lucky. And uh, who knows how many times death's going to knock on your door, man. It might be uh, like those those crazy movies, the uh, the movie's um, Final Destination, where if uh, you cheat death like that, death is just waiting to get you even worse the next time. So there you go, man. That's my uh, dramatic story of the crazy car crash. Down in good old sunny Florida. I mean, uh, 
be careful out there. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, wear your seatbelts, folks. Right? Right. Thank you. Now, to be certain that I have this straight, I'll re-recapitulate. Have you heard the word? Are you scared yet? Have you put nails and boards and hammered the windows and doors shut? Yeah, the killer bees are coming, man. Yeah, they're coming up from South America. They've crossed through Mexico. They're all over Florida and Texas and going into Georgia and across Arizona and California. They're on the move, man. Scary. Imagine getting killed by bees. I live in uh, a place where there's violence, gun violence, and gang violence, and drunk drivers, and shootings, and anger, and punching, and... Can you imagine if at the end I got killed by a lousy honeybee? Ah! Killer bees, man. They, they swarm you. You get near their nest and they get all cranky. I guess they don't have decaf honey in their hive. They're all pissed off. Get the hell off my land. They swarm you and sting you to death, man. Ugh. What's your line of defense? I'll tell you what mine is, man. I bought a couple of grizzly bears. Yeah, that's right. I say grizzly bears. Hey, if I got mice, I'm going to get a cat, okay? If I got coyotes circling the house, I'm going to get a dog. If I got bees running up on me and doing a Rambo, hello, say hello to my little grizzly bear friend. Okay? Yeah, bears love honey. I'll sick my grizzlies, Fido and Sweetie Pie. They'll run up on your hive and rip a honey hole through your hive, Daddy. Back off, killer bees. Yeah. Watch out, people. Don't get stung. Get out to your local bear store and start bear shopping, man. Follow my lead on this one, people. Stay alive. Keep eating your honey. Here, on the sweet Harlan Highway. It's weird, too, how that little buzzing noise freaks us out, right? Just just like, you know, there's a lot of things that send shivers up people's spine, right? Like maybe the the howl of a wolf or the the, the rattle of a rattlesnake or, uh, you know, a boy band singing. But uh, there's something about that. It just freaks people out. They hear that and they, oh, 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 what's that? Oh, my God, there's a bee. Oh, my God. They just start swinging and wailing and flapping in the air like a like a bird's been shot out of the sky. You ever see a duck flying and a hunter? And it just starts spinning out of the sky. It's wings flapping erratically. That's what people's arms do. The minute they hear a, a bee, it's like, Get away! And they start flapping their arms. It's weird that bugs have these little noises they do. How about crickets, man? You ever hear a cricket at night? Apparently that noise is like their mating call. And you know what they do? They rub their legs together. Can you imagine? Every time a human being got sexual... 
That would make it real hard for adolescent teenagers to uh, discover their sexuality by themselves in their bedroom at night. I think you know what I mean. You know, everybody has that moment of discovery of the big M word, masturbation. Oh, 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 master, masturbation. Oh, 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 Charles Nelson Riley. Oh, 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 oh. Right? Imagine that when you're like a 13-year-old kid. House is quiet. Everyone's in bed. And all of a sudden, Hey, stop what you're doing in there, kid, you little pervert. Sorry. And your sister, too. Sorry. And your mother, too. What are you doing it for? Because you never give me any, you loser. So thank God we don't have to rub our legs together or, you know, whenever we get sexual, we make funny noises. Unless you call uh, 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 a funny noise. Knock it off, kid. Knock it off. Up yours. Um. Uh, so anyways, on that erotic note, uh, let's not get stung by bees. Let's not flip our cars. Uh, let's not, uh, you know, make funny noises by rubbing our legs together. Let's just, let's get, get out of here gracefully, shall we? Uh, but before we go, let me give you some announcements. Uh, hey, check it out. I am going to be doing a show with my buddy Tom Green. Uh, Tom Green from the Tom Green Show and Freddie Got Fingered. We're going to be doing a special two-man stand-up comedy show at the Canyon Club in Los Angeles, California on June 22nd at 8 p.m. Look it up online, the Canyon Club. I think it's in Ventura County in uh, Los Angeles. And uh, Tom and I are both going to be doing a full stand-up set and goofing around together. And uh, it's going to be really cool. So get your tickets quickly, because I do believe they will go quickly. Uh, So that's June 22nd here in California, Los Angeles. And uh, check that action out. Um, And then don't forget, uh, let's see, that'll be June 28th. I will be in Cleveland at Hilarities Comedy Club, June 28th to uh, July 1st. I'll be at the uh, Cleveland uh, Comedy Club, Cleveland, Ohio, Hilarities, Pickwick, and Frolic. Uh, Get your tickets there because that fills up quickly as well. Just want to make sure you get all your stuff. Don't forget to check out HarlowWilliams.com where we now have uh, my YouTube player up on there so you can watch all kinds of fun uh, videos. You can subscribe to my uh, YouTube channel. It's uh, YouTube's backslash Harlem Williams. Check it out. Uh, right now we have uh, episodes of me and Henry Winkler, the fawns, out there fishing on the ocean, pulling in salmon. We've got uh, my little uh, web cartoon called uh, The Cock, the Ass, and the Pussy. It's a story about a donkey, a rooster, and a cat, and the trouble that they get into. 
Uh, you can write me at harlowilliams.com. You can uh, call me at 323-739-4330. And don't forget we have some wonderful merchandise going on in the uh, harlowilliams.com uh, store. So there you go. Uh, keep it safe. Keep your uh, seatbelts on tight. And until next time, everybody, chicken chow mein, baby. Right. <laughs>